Welcome to Chat with Mayor Matt. This is Matt Starr, Mayor for the City of Mount Vernon. Today we're discussing the Safe at Home Address Confidentiality Program, which was created by Substitute House Bill 359 from the 131st General Assembly. This is to assist victims of domestic violence, stalking, human trafficking, rape, or sexual battery. And this is it's done by shielding their personal information from public record and providing them with a safe and secure way to participate in our democratic process. We have a special guest with us today who is going to explain the details about the, the program, including what this program entails and what does it mean to residents uh, like those in Mount Vernon and Knox County. So. We are extremely pleased to be chatting with none other than our Ohio Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, who joins us today. Frank LaRose took office as Ohio's 51st Secretary of State on January 14th, 2019. And prior to being elected to statewide office, he served two terms in the state Senate representing the 27th Senate District in Northeast Ohio. Mr. Secretary, welcome to the program. Well, Mayor, it's an honor, and I'm looking forward to talking about this really important program that helps us make sure that truly every voice can be heard when we hold elections, which is, of course, always the objective that we have. Absolutely. And we've been, uh, this is essentially the third in this series that we've been doing about uh, uh, handling uh, domestic violence awareness and prevention and education and so forth uh, and dealing with that. We first met with our recorder, Tanner Salyers, uh, who was talking about what his office does in, in, uh, to help um, survivors of domestic violence and also to, um, you know, just stop the uh, nonsense of, of solicitors and so forth coming to, to different homes. And then also we spoke with our executive director and program director from New Directions, uh, the uh, domestic violence prevention program here in town. Uh, they do a number of, of great things for our citizens here. And so uh, you were a little tied up the last time we tried to get together with a small thing called the election so uh <laughs> we said we'll just use we'll just busy, that's for sure. <laughs> it was something was just pulling you away from the office there anyway anyway so welcome well, so, and, and mayor you mentioned new directions i've had the chance to visit that facility and i gotta tell you that you all and your community are blessed in a number of ways but you've got a compassionate very caring and dedicated group of people there that make sure that survivors of domestic violence get the care and the love and the help that they need. And that just says something about Mount Vernon, how uh, you know you and how Knox County uh, has made that kind of service available. And, and really one of those examples of your community punching above its weight, I guess you could say, uh, to make sure that those kind of services are available for everyone in your community. Yeah, we're really proud of them too, but thank you. Uh, they do just a wonderful job. They're they're uh, well uh, represented in the community, and uh, we can't thank them enough also. But listen, hey, so tell us, what is this Safe at Home program? And, and uh, let's see how did, how it started and what, what made that, this program uh, all happen. Well, yeah, let's start with the origin story, because that's always a great way to understand how something like this came about. And, and I actually was there when this started and I helped create it as a member of the state legislature. So I was serving in the state Senate way back in 2006 when we started this. Uh, it came to our attention that there were groups of people who felt like they had to choose between their right to vote and their public, their own personal safety. They had to choose between their right to vote and their own personal safety. Obviously, that's a choice nobody should have to make. And in this case, 
it was domestic violence survivors who were afraid to register to vote because they didn't want their home address to be made public as a part of the voter rolls. So as you and I know, when you register to vote, your name goes on the voter registration rolls that constitutes a public record in the state of Ohio. And for most of us, that's not a concern. Uh, but for people who have maybe a restraining order against a dangerous person who's threatening their safety, maybe they themselves, uh, recent uh, survivor of domestic violence, uh, that could be a, a very concerning thing to have your address made public like that. And so first, think of the courage that it took for these individuals to come in and testify in the state Senate. I remember sitting there and listening to these women share their story. And it was, first of all, just heartbreaking to think that somebody would, would, would treat them uh, in the way that they'd been treated. But then to see the tears well up in their eyes as they mm. talked about how they wanted to be a voter. They wanted to make their voice heard in an election, something too many of us take for granted, but they were afraid they couldn't because they didn't want their address to be known. So obviously something had to be done. Well, thankfully, Ohio did something, and that something was the creation of the Safe at Home program. And in a nutshell, what it allows you to do is to register to vote without disclosing your home address. Now, we give you a fictitious address, basically a P.O. box, so that if any mail campaign mailings or anything else comes to that, we will forward that on to you uh, so that you don't miss out on that important part of the process. So you'll still get the mail that comes to that address, uh, but we make sure that your physical address isn't disclosed uh, to protect your safety. And so it's, it's a great program and, uh, and it's something that we've really been working to grow and make sure more Ohioans can take advantage of. What kind of numbers are you uh, talking about, Mr. Secretary, when you say uh, how, how many have been using it and, and uh, what do you suspect the number uh, ought to be when, uh, when, we start, when we start reaching the people who need to hear it? Yeah, so because it made such an impact on me when I was in the state Senate and we heard this really compelling testimony from people that needed this program, this is one of the first things I looked into as the new Secretary of State in 2019. And um, the question I asked my team is, how many participants do we have? At that time, there were only a few hundred. And it showed me that we needed to uh, work on growing that program. I mean, I think that we know uh, as a, just a, a matter of, of common sense that unfortunately there are many thousands of Ohioans who are victims or survivors of domestic violence. And so I wanted to make sure that we got this program out to them. So we did a rebranding of it to kind of refresh the materials. We worked with judges and domestic violence shelters and victim advocates and all these wonderful groups like uh, New Directions right there in your town uh, to make sure that we got the word out and it's working. We've now tripled the size of the program. There are over 1,500 participants and we're just going to keep going because we know that there are Ohioans out there who are not registering to vote because they're afraid of having their address released. And so for us, uh, it's important that we get the, the word out and, and the place to go is safeathomeohio.gov. If you or someone you know, someone you love is in those circumstances, safeathomeohio.gov is a great place to start to find out whether you're eligible for this wonderful program. And at that website, there are also um, assistance um, that uh, can help, uh, application assistance in different counties outlined uh, as well. Uh, so if, if, you're, if you're listening and you're not in Knox County, every, all the other, uh, uh, all 80 counties are, are accounted for by having uh, at least uh, one person to be able to, to go to. So um, thanks for yeah, all. And, and yeah. Mayor, Mayor, let me let me talk about this website really quick, and let me also talk about those application assistance. So first of all, 
the website. We completely redid the website to make it much more accessible, uh, make it understandable. It's it's available uh, in Spanish as well, which is something that we that we care about, making sure that anybody that needs to can access uh, this service. We also have um, worked with the experts, mm-hmm. the, the victim advocates that understand the unique needs of domestic violence survivors. And this one always shakes me up when I even just remember the first time I encountered this. So when we were about to launch this new website, I always ask my team to show me the sort of beta version of the website so I can click around and make sure that it represents our office correctly before it goes live. And I remember when they first showed me the website, there was this big red button on there that says leave page now. And I remember thinking, well, why is that on there? We don't want people to leave the page. We want them to stay at the Safe at Home page and learn about it and whatever else. So I asked our team, why did you put this big button at the top of the page encouraging people to leave it? Think about this. What they told me is that the best practice among domestic violence survivors if you create a website or a resource for them, you have to put that button on there because imagine someone who is living in fear in their own home, Mm. someone who is maybe a victim right now who wants to look up resources for domestic violence survivors. Imagine that person hears footsteps coming down the hall and they're afraid that their abuser finds them on a website for domestic violence survivors. They need to be able to click on that and immediately clear out of that. So we put that button on there that takes you to some just sort of benign website like news or weather or whatever else, just so that if someone is in those circumstances mm-hmm. and they're afraid that they'll be abused because they're on this site, they can click out of it and quickly get out of that site. We also provide information on there about how to clear your browser history. Oh, because yeah. maybe that maybe that abuser goes and looks to see uh, what what websites that you've been on. So that's just heartbreaking. But that's just one of those things that you and I wouldn't think of, and that's why it's important to work with the experts on this kind of thing and make sure that that website is is correctly configured uh, as it has been. Now you talk about the application assistance. This program, like any government program, requires a couple steps to apply for it and and make sure that that, that you're ready to go, and also to make sure that you're using it correctly. And so that's why we have application assistance. Now, the bottom line is this, if you yourself or someone you know or love wants to access this program, there are a couple different ways to start. Again, you can go to safeatpubohio.gov. You can also reach out to your local victim advocate group, your domestic violence shelter. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you're already working with someone in your community. Uh, If you have any questions, you can always call uh, 877-SOS-OHIO. That's the Ohio Secretary of State a customer service line, 877-SOS-OHIO. But we wanted to create these application assistants to help walk people through the process. And we train these application assistants. It's just a couple hours of training. These are probably people already, though, that have a great deal of experience. They're social workers. They're, again, victim advocates. Maybe they work for the county prosecutor or work as a yep. uh, as a, a special advocate in the court. So we train them to help walk you through the process. And then that part about using it correctly, This is just one small part of what we call a safety plan. If you are a survivor of domestic violence, you need to have a safety plan. It's not just the Safe at Home program, but there are many other things that you need to do to protect your uh, yourself and your family so that that uh, abuser doesn't find you uh, and so this is just one part of the safety plan we don't want to oversell it we don't want to uh, cause survivors to think that well i've joined the safe at home program so everything else is taken care of 
We want them to know that this is just part of that safety plan. It's an important part, though, and it's a part that makes sure that you can make your voice heard as a voter. Now, is that more, is the safety plan uh, spearheaded more through the uh, through the application assistant or, or the uh, the uh, the shelter like the New Directions and the, the victim advocacy uh, areas? Uh, how does the safety so plan work? Yeah, they're generally one and the same. So the people that work at your local shelter uh, are probably uh, trained application assistants from our office. That's one of the mm -hmm. reasons why I visited New Direction, for example. They have a few people that are on staff there who are trained application assistants for the Safe at Home program. But whoever you reach out to to put a, help you put a safety plan together, um, again, they'll be willing to help you. The professionals that do this will be able to help you. And it includes things, a simple idea like setting up a Google alert for yourself so that you know when something is posted with your name on the internet, for example, uh, so that you can react to that. So, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole list of things that you want to do to have that safety plan in place. Again, what we want to emphasize is that the Safe at Home program is an important part of that, but it's just one small part of that yeah. overall safety plan. The folks that can help you write that safety plan uh, are your uh, victim advocates, uh, your local uh, domestic abuse shelter, uh, people like that. And uh, you mentioned we've we've been talking about new directions. A lot of people know that, but also uh, we also have a Knox County Victim Assistance Program, which is through our Knox County Prosecutor's Office uh, on at on East High Street in the, the Knox County Services Center. So your colleague, our colleague, Mr. Chip McComville, is uh, his office is uh, spearheading those efforts as well for victim assistance. Uh, so in Knox County, Chip does it. Yeah. And Chip does a great job with that. In addition, of course, you know, in my other, uh, you know, my role as Secretary of State, we're in charge of uh, elections in Ohio. So he also works as the lawyer for the County Board of Elections. And yep. uh, so we have an excellent relationship with those prosecutors' offices. That's one of the, the, the great resources that we're using to help grow this program, is I've been telling county prosecutors, if you're giving a protection order, uh, a restraining order, uh, if, you, if you're working with a victim of domestic abuse, uh, make sure that they know about this program, and, and Chip does a great job of that. As, as, as all of our county prosecutors around the state do. Yeah, he's all right. I guess we'll keep him for a while anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, would you, uh, Mr. Secretary, you said something that uh, we touched on with New Directions, and it's just a very subtle but very powerful bit of language. We don't use victim as much as we use survivor anymore. It's a it's a different mindset, isn't it? This is all about empowerment, and this is about empowering these Ohioans who have emerged from a very dark chapter in their life and are busy building a better life for themselves. And, and, and that's that kind of positive attitude about being a survivor, not a victim. Nobody wants to view themselves as a victim. They want to view themselves as a survivor. If you're signing up for the Safe at Home program, if you're writing a safety plan, then you are somebody who is surviving and thriving. And that's really what this is all about. And you're right, that's why we use that language, domestic violence survivor, to try to avoid using words like victim, uh, because it's about, it's about empowerment. And that's one of the things that I really love about this program is sometimes, again, we take voting for granted. It is, it is a powerful thing. I mean, and think about, sorry to get philosophical here, but in all of human history, thousands of years that people have lived on this rock, the ability to choose who your leaders are is a really rare thing. It's empowering to be a voter. It makes you feel powerful if you do it. And we want to make these uh, survivors uh, empowered. We want them to know that their voice matters, that their vote matters. And, and, and that's what this program is all about. 
Oh, let me ask this question of you. Does it, does, for someone who wants to get, who, who wants to be a part of this uh, program, does it require something to have a conviction or a restraining order to qualify? Or how do people know if they qualify f to be able to participate? Yeah, so there are a variety of circumstances. But generally speaking, if you're a victim of a crime, uh, if you have a legitimate cause to fear for your safety, if there's a person who uh, has uh, been threatening you, uh, then, then chances are you will be uh, somebody who can who can uh, qualify for this. Uh, it's not just domestic violence uh, survivors. Uh, there have been circumstances where, uh, say, for example, someone has a stalker. We've had um, people who are you know public personas, television personalities, and that kind of thing uh, that have a dangerous person who is uh, a stalker, and they've had a restraining order issued against that person. In that case, those individuals can qualify for the Safe and Home program, too. So it, it's really a program for survivors of crime, as well as those uh, who, who, again, have a credible threat against them. But the best thing to do uh, is to work with that application assistant who knows exactly how uh, to make this program work for your circumstances. And again, uh, a good place to start for that is safeathomeohio.gov. That's safeathomeohio.gov. And there's also a phone number that is 614-995-2255. Um, so and, and we also offer the toll-free 877-SOS-OHIO, 877-SOS-OHIO. So there are a few different ways to get a hold of, of that. And again, locally here, you can get a hold of uh, Mr. McConville's office, our prosecuting attorney for Knox County at 740-397-3404. Uh, He's located in the Knox County Services Center at uh, 117 East High Street. And then also uh, our friends at New Directions. Uh, and their number is 740-397-4357. And their website is newdirectionsshelter.org. So plenty of different ways to, to, uh, to start uh, empowering yourself, as uh, you said, uh, Mr. Secretary. Mayor, that's it. And, and if you have any questions or if you have a friend that doesn't live in Knox County that wants to access this program, if you, can, if you go to safeathomeohio.gov, there's a button right there that says find an application assistant. And it lists all 88 counties in Ohio and helps you get uh, to where you need to get somebody to help you with this program. Well, listen, I um, I want to take I want to take the time here. Thank you uh, for your your time here, Mr. Secretary, and uh, for explaining the Safe at Home program and why this is so important to maintaining our democracy. Uh, is there anything that uh, we haven't covered that uh, you think people need to know? Just a brief look to the future, because one of the things that we've learned, and we are part of a nationwide organization that, that operates uh, you know, address confidentiality programs like this. So many other states have this, and so we exchange ideas from time to time. And uh, one of the things that we've learned is that it's time for an update. 2006 was when this law, uh, sorry, 2016 rather, was when this law was put into place. Uh, and um, and it's uh, and it's served its purpose quite well. We're working to grow it, but there there are some things that we need to do to modernize it. And one great example is that another instance where people are not uh, choosing to 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 sort of engage in something they could otherwise is with the home sale or home purchase process. So it was brought to our attention that there are uh, domestic violence survivors who want to be a homeowner. They're in a financial position in life where they'd like to own their own home, but they're afraid to purchase a home 
because when that title transfer occurs, their name and their address is then made public. Mm -hmm. And so and this is just another example of where we want to empower people because again, being an owner of a home, living that American dream to own your own home is something that is empowering to people. And certainly for these domestic violence survivors, we don't want to take that ability away from them. So we're working right now at the Ohio State House. And if, you, if, you, if you're listening to this and if you want to help, please consider reaching out to your state rep or state senator uh, and just gently encouraging them to help get the Safe at Home bill passed uh, because it's something that we uh, has bipartisan support. Uh, it's not controversial. And uh, we just need to get it over the finish line, get it uh, signed by the governor and, and get it enacted. So that's the next step in this program is to uh, modernize this program to include home sales to make that uh, subject to address confidentiality as well. And again, we've worked with county recorders and county auditors mm -hmm. to make sure that it's going to work well with their systems also when we do so. I know Tanner is uh, our, our county recorder. Tanner Salyers is a uh uh, really a big fan of this as well and is excited about this but this is you know what this this just this just is so hopeful i think yeah. there's so much hope that is wrapped into this program that it's it's a no-brainer for me well i want to i want to i want to thank tanner because uh, he's been a leader among his peers as well uh, advocating down at the state house for the passage of this and so uh, really appreciate his good work on, on that front fact he was at our office a few weeks ago talking through uh, ways that we can advocate for this at the state capitol and try to get it done and i appreciate that okay well thank you secretary of state frank larose for explaining the safe at home program to us today and obviously for all the work that you and your office is doing to keep ohioans safe and for introducing the bill uh, in the first place so uh, well done absolutely well thank you mayor and happy thanksgiving and uh, remember to vote Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, absolutely. We remember to vote, actually. Uh, and um, there's more information on the show notes to this podcast if you need if you need to find out more about this. Uh, so until next time, I again, want to thank our, our special guest, Frank LaRose, and wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and stay strong. <laughs>